Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Hey, good morning, Vivid Church. It is such an honor to be with you here this morning. My name's Wes. My wife, Vanessa, and I, we pastor a church in California called The House. And so it is such an honor to be with you today. And I just got to say, your pastors... Come on, your pastors, Justin and Jennifer, are just some of the most incredible, genuine people I've ever met. Uh, Their whole tribe, their family, just some of the best people that you will ever meet. And so it is such an honor to be with you here today at Vivid Church. By the way, shout out to Toronto. Shout out to Toronto. I remember my very first time ever going to Toronto. I went about, I, I just remember the story a couple of days ago when I was on the phone with Pastor Justin. It was in April a couple of years ago, uh, maybe sorry, it's more than a couple of years, about a decade ago. I was speaking at a conference and I was wearing a long sleeve cotton t shirt uh, in April and I was getting off the plane thinking that this was the appropriate attire for springtime. And you guys, the snow was coming in every which way, but you know what? We had a great trip. God moved and I can't wait to come visit uh, our new family there in Toronto and shout out Vancouver. Come on, Vancouver family. You are home of some of the world's greatest coffee shops. Uh, I remember one time visiting pastor Justin and visiting vivid church. Uh, I went uh, to your guys' offices downtown and I went to two coffee shops. Some the greatest coffee shops and they're right across the street from each other but what a great city and what a great thing that God is doing in your city so uh, love your pastor so much Justin and Jennifer you guys are incredible today we're going to talk about unity come on if you're sitting next to someone uh, you can tell them hey unity come on type it in the chat on YouTube write that word unity and if you want a title for today maybe you're taking notes uh, you got old school you got a journal or something you're taking notes on or you can put it in the chat box as well you can put this phrase I want God's hand on my life I want God's hand on my life. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I want God's hand on my life. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Psalms, right about in the middle of the Bible, Psalms chapter 133. Psalms chapter 133, and it says this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Then he goes on to describe what it's like. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down in the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It's like the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there, in that spot of unity, for there the Lord bestows his blessing. Or another translation says, there the Lord commands a blessing, even life forevermore. I want God's hand on my life. I want God's hand on my life. Uh, Have you ever known someone or you've seen someone that just there's a special favor on their life? I don't know how to describe it, but just whatever they do, it's like they've got the Midas touch, like they've got the gold thumb, just whatever they touch, whatever they do, it works. Even when things work out bad, somehow it becomes like the greatest blessing in their life. Uh, Their prayers get answered. uh, And when they pray, by the way, when you're praying with that person, it's like, God shows up in the room. Have you ever prayed with someone like that? Like you're fumbling over your words and then then just the moment that they just they just say the name Jesus. Hey Jesus, boom, God's presence comes in there. It's like it's like God's hand is on their life. Um, everything kind of goes their way. Things happen for them. There's a blessing on it. Uh, it's like the wind of heaven is behind them. It's almost like God is with them. 
that God is for them, that his hand is on their life. I don't know if you've ever seen that in someone else's life, but if you've seen that in someone else's life, if you're anything like me, you go, God, I want that too. I want it to be like when I'm walking down the street, when I'm walking down the corridors of my business, when I'm walking to the cafe or I'm meeting up with someone, I'm giving someone a phone call. It's like, God, I want it to feel like you're with me, like you're for me, like your hand is on my life. Now, in this text here that we just read in Psalm 133, uh, just to give you some background, in the Old Testament, the priests of old, the pastors of that previous, of that temple, that the representation of God's presence, in the very first temple, it was a place of God's presence. The leaders and the priests, uh, they were set apart uh, to serve God in a special role. And the way that they would be signified is that they would use oil. Now, I just got some good old Costco oil, got some Costco olive oil. They would use oil and they would pour it over the head of that priest or over that leader, signifying that God's hand or his covering was over their life, that this person is now marked. And so when the psalmist says, when they say, hey, how good and how pleasant it is for when, when God's people live together in unity, and they, they use that description of the priests of old where they said, it's like that precious oil poured on that head, running down on the beard. Come on, if you've ever been to an old school church where they don't just do a little dabble, do you? They just dump the oil right on you. He says running down in the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down to the collar, down to the bottom of the rope. Just their whole body is covered in oil. And that was a sign that God's hand was on that priest, that God's hand was on that leader, that God was going to move through them and in uh, not only in their life, but through their life into the people of God. It was God's covering. God was setting them aside for a special work, for a special blessing. The oil was assigned not only to them as a leader, but also anyone else walking by them would see someone drenched in oil and know God's hand is on their life. God's hand is on their life. You know what, Vivid Church, I believe that God's hand is on your life that there is a season of unity, that there is a season of blessing coming your way as a church, that anyone walking by the doors of your church, anyone walking by the chat room of your church, anyone walking by the offices of your church, they will be able to see, man, God's hand is on those people. God's hand is on that church. And you, I'm not just talking about pastors Justin and Jennifer. I'm talking about you that you will be able to say, man, God's hand is on my life. Come on. Someone said, amen. That other people will be able to look at you and say, man, God is with them. God is for them. His hand is on their life. Come on, say that with me. God's with them. God's for them. His hand is on their life. There are times, by the way, that we will still anoint people uh, with oil. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase. Maybe you're kind of new to church. You've been around church for a while with that, that, that phrase anointing. You say, man, that's an anointing. We're not talking about dumping oil on someone, but rather uh, the after effect of that act. Uh, we would say something like, man, that person has been anointed to lead worship or that person is anointed in business or that person is anointed in leadership. Basically, what we're saying is God's hand is on their life. You know, you don't want some of those other the joke ones like, man, that person's anointed to solve difficult problems. Maybe you don't want to raise your hand for that one. But when we as a church, when we say that word anointing, this picture of oil being poured over someone's life 
should come to mind. That should be the picture that comes to our mind. Not just someone leading worship, not just someone leading a meeting, but literally oil covering someone. So when the Bible talks about unity, it has no other semblance to equate it to, but this picture right here. When the Bible talks about unity, the writer goes, okay, how can I describe unity of a church, unity of a body, unity of a community? They go, you know what? Unity is like the oil. Unity is that, is that oil covering from head to beard all the way down to the hem of the garment. That there's a unity, that there's a, uh, that there's a, there's a unification, that there's a covering, that it's like God is with them. God is for them. His hand is on their life. When a team is in unity, watch out. Watch out, because they're going to be at the peak of their potential, the peak of their potential ability. When a church is in unity, man, there's a flow of God's presence. When a city is in unity, there's harmony in that city. There's a blessing on that city. When your body is in unity, there's health. When friends are in unity, there's a strength. Sometimes you don't notice unity till it's gone. A while ago, I was driving down the freeway. Uh, here in LA. And I remember one day I was like driving down the road and my car was just like, pop, 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 like, and it was like shaking. And I was getting so mad. I literally was talking to my wife and I'm like, man, we're paying these tax dollars and they can't keep these roads. And the road was all like this. You know what it was? It wasn't the road. The road was actually smooth. You know what the problem was? My tires were not in unity. If you've ever driven in a car where your tires are not in unity, you can have the best songs playing. You can have the best air conditioning. You can have the best people in the car. But if the tires are not in unity, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Sometimes we don't even notice unity until it's gone. But unity brings God's anointing. Unity brings God's anointing. Because when people and things are in alignment, God pours out his spirit on that. God pours out his spirit when there's unity. Remember that story about the car, right? You can have the greatest worship music playing, but if there's not unity in that car, it's going to be a bumpy ride. When people and things are in alignment, God pours out his spirit on that. There's that peak potential. There's that flow of God's presence. There's harmony. There's health in your body when there's unity. There's strength of community. It's God is with them. God is for them. His hand is on their life. If unity brings the anointing, okay? If unity in a body or unity in a church brings the anointing, then the absence of unity or disunity stops the anointing. Unity brings the anointing and disunity stops the anointing. Well, what does disunity look like? It looks like our world right now. Everyone's got their trenches. Everyone's got their sides. Everyone's got their loud opinions. Everyone's got an open mouth and a closed ear and a closed heart. Everyone's got their side. What is that? Our world is in disunity. Some people say, oh, you can't meet. The other people are saying, oh, we're going to do this. Everyone's kind of got their opinions and their strong opinions, and it's all disunity. A team in disunity will never reach their peak potential. It won't happen. A body in disunity if your body is in disunity, you will not have health in your body. A city in disunity, it will never run effectively. A family in disunity will never experience deep love. 
A church in disunity will never represent the kingdom of God that stands united. A house divided cannot stand. Why? Because disunity is like an autoimmune disease. I know people that have struggled with different diseases in their body, but some of the most difficult ones have been when people are dealing with the disease where their white blood cells, the, 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 the positive blood cells in their body don't know who the enemy is and they start attacking the wrong things in their body and there's disunity in their body and it begins to break down their own body. Health begins to attack health and it creates a dysfunction in their body. A body that is supposed to be working together and moving smoothly and enjoying life and enjoying those moments instead is slowly killing itself because of disunity. And that's why we pray for God's healing. That's why we believe for miracles of God. But so if we were to see that unity brings God's presence and it brings God's anointing and disunity stops God's anointing, when we see disunity, we should, we should run from disunity like it's the plague. We should run from disunity. Avoid it at all costs. Have you ever seen someone start to gossip? Someone's, you know, it's kind of like, imagine this. You're, you're going somewhere. You're riding maybe the bus or something like that. You're at a bus stop and you've ever seen someone, like before you could cough you could sneeze. I've seen people sneeze in public and wipe it with their hands and then wipe it on their jeans and then take a bite of a cheeseburger and no one thought the difference. But now if you get a tickle in your throat, <clears throat> all of a sudden just the seas spread like Moses right in front of you. All of a sudden, if, if you need to walk somewhere and it's a busy street, just start coughing and sneezing. All of a sudden, everyone will clear the way for you. You know what? We should approach disunity like that. I don't know what you've got. <laughs> but I don't want to be near it. I do, you may not have something, but I don't want to be near it. So I was like, yeah, well, if you want to know what I think, actually, I don't. I'm going to go ahead and give you six feet. You know, I'm going to give you 60 feet. I'm going to give you a little bit of extra bonus space. You know, someone's like, well, you know, what I told them what we should do, you know, if you really want to ask me, it's like, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and take about my six foot distance. What if we took six feet? What if we took a two meter distance? Come on. What if we took a two meter distance from disunity? What if we made a stand that says, hey, you know what? I don't want to not only be in disunity in me, I don't want to be near disunity. Come on, not only do I not want disunity in me, I don't want it around me because I don't want to breathe it in. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to say, I do not want to be around it. Why? Because disunity robs us from the blessing of God. Someone said, amen. Uh, even if someone's like, all right, let's just hear him out. You can hear him out. Hear him out the door. <laughs> Paul warns the church a couple of different times. One of the times he warns a young leader named Titus. And one of the times he, he warns the church in Rome all about disunity. All about disunity. Because it's like disunity will rob you of God's blessing. And this is what Paul says to Titus. He says, hey, people are causing divisions. People are causing divisions among you. By the way, when we're talking about divisions, we're not talking about, hey, which team should we all vote for? We're not talking about that. We're talking about people just with a divisive spirit. They just, you know, they can't agree on one thing. Like, even if it's something like God is good. Well, I don't know, Pastor. Yeah, the other day, it's like they, they always want to argue the other side. But Titus, Titus 3.10 says this. If people are causing divisions among you, hey, give them a first, maybe a second warning. Just like, hey, man, we're not about that here. 
We just, we don't fight on everything. I don't know what you were like before, but hey, we don't fight on everything. After that, he says, look, man, give him a first shot, give him a second shot. After that, just be like, I need to keep my two meter distance. I need to keep my two meter distance. And check this out when Paul's talking to the church in Rome, and this church in Rome had been through hell and high water. This church in Rome, it had been divided. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. You can look into any kind of commentary on, on the church in Rome, but they had gone through so much. And in Romans 16, 17, Paul says this, Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. And just says, you know what? Stay away from them. Say, I don't got to hear them out. I don't got to play the devil's advocate. The devil doesn't need an advocate, okay? Jesus said, I'm going to send you the advocate. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, okay? So if you want to advocate, you don't need to be the devil's advocate. You need the Holy Ghost, okay? But Paul warns the church and he says, hey, if someone's just all about kind of pulling things together and uh, pulling things apart instead of pulling things together, get, warn them. But then you know what? Keep your distance. Keep your distance. And by the way, that word unity, it means this. It means yakad or unity. Together, a community in action. What a beautiful phrase. A community in action. Together, a community in action. Together. We're in this together. Come on. We're all in this together. And not only are we in this together, but we are in action in the same direction. Unity is a community in action in the same direction. A community headed in the same direction. The church in its most uh, accurate form of unity is aligned. Not behind a position, but behind a person. And his name is Jesus. Now, I know that there's lots of different vantage points out there on, uh, you know, some small doctrines or what about this and what about that. But a church united is a church unstoppable. Someone said, amen. A church united is a church unstoppable. The church is aligned. Let me just say the church is aligned. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. If Jesus is building the church, guess what? We can get behind that church. We can attach our cart to that engine and run down that train track and just say, you know what? We are in unity with the engine and the engine is Jesus. Come on, a community in action, a community headed in the same direction. And let me tell you this today. I believe that Vivid is called to be that type of church. That type of church. Many campuses, many cities, many locations with one mission to make Jesus known. That all the world would see that there is a God who still saves. I believe that Vivid not only is called to be that type of church, I believe that Vivid is anointed to be that type of church. That not only can you walk around and say, you know what? God is with me. God is for me. His hand is on my life. That you can say of Vivid as a church. God is with us. Come on, if you look back at all of the miracles of this last year, you can just look around. Maybe some weeks weren't as good as other weeks. But you look at the songs that came out of your church. You look at the joy that came out of your church. You look at the community, the fact that there is still a church that is somehow in the midst of everything that you were in the midst of. That is not disbanded, but is actually pulling together and it's actually growing. Say, man, God is with us. And in fact, he's for us. 
We're not just a church in a couple locations in Vancouver. Now, now we got Vancouver and Toronto. God is with us. God is for us. His hand is on our church. Come on, that should put some spark in your life. That should put some pep in your step, knowing that God is with you, that God is for you, that his hand is on your life. There is a special grace. There is a special anointing that only comes on communities that are headed in the same direction. Not just, oh, one person going this way, one person this way, but that where we are a church that is united, that we will head this direction together. Doesn't mean other directions are bad, but as for us, as for me and my house, this is the direction that we are headed together. And not only will you be able to say over the church that God is with us, God is for us, his hand is on our life, but you, sir, and you, ma'am, you will be able to say even over your own life. Maybe it's not worked out exactly the way that you wanted it to this last year. Maybe things in your life or your relationship with the Lord is not exactly where you want it to be right now, but you can say, you know what? Let's just pause for a moment. God is with me. Come on, God is with you. The fact that you're still here, God is with you. He's actually, he's for me. You can say that. And his hand, his anointing is on my life. Back at the beginning of the message, we talked about that person that just seemed like stuff would always go with him. That, that person, when you see them and their prayers get answered and things work out. You, Vivid Church, you are that person. God is with you. God is for you. And His hand is on your life. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.